0: Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of Five Frachen, or Five Questions as we would say in English. This is our new podcast featuring the people of the Netherlands' diplomatic network here in the US. We're talking with the diplomats and policy officers about the strong bonds between the United States and the Netherlands, as well as our diplomatic work here in the US. We'll focus on our cultural and economic ties that go back more than 400 years. And we'll talk about the collaborations between our two countries that make our relationship a partnership that works. I'm Jeff Allenack from the embassy's communications office, and I'm here with Lieske Streifkirk-Arts, who is the counselor for infrastructure, transportation, and water management here at the embassy. Thank you for joining me today, Lieske.
1: Thanks, Jeff. Good to be here.
0: Good. Now let's jump right in with the first question. What's your background, and how did you wind up at the embassy?
1: Well, obviously I'm from the Netherlands. Uh, I grew up in a small city near uh, Enkhuizen, which is a city on the lake, and it's got an old port, so that is where I learned to sail. And in my senior year of high school, my mother took me on vacation to New York. And that was really amazing. I had an incredible time. And that's when I decided to uh, spend more time in the US. And I was able to do a high school exchange program. And I found a family in Rushville, Nebraska, small town in Nebraska. Lived with them for a year and they sort of became my second family. So that's where my love for the US was born. And I have been traveling to the US ever since.
0: On a regular basis. Well, you're here now, so outside here of now. here, but uh, yes, regularly.
1: Yes, I've been visiting the family. Um, they watched uh, my children be born. They came to the Netherlands for our weddings. So when I returned to the Netherlands after high school, I went to Twente University and I did a master's study in public administration. And after my graduation, I had a few short jobs in the area, but then I left for The Hague to work at the Ministry of Environment. And that's over 20 years ago, but I've never really left the ministry. Although it has changed because today it's called the Ministry for Infrastructure and Water Management.
0: So the name of it changed?
1: Yes, and also the content. It's now also, it covers both transportation and environment. And it doesn't cover climate anymore. That's gone to the Ministry of Economic Affairs and Climate. So, yeah, my position has also changed somewhat. I've been working uh, at climate when it was still part of the ministry uh, on the COP6 when I was still a young trainee, but I've also been head of uh, international shipping. Uh, I've worked for public transportation. I've worked at the inspectorate, all different parts of the ministry. So when this position came by, counselor for infrastructure and water management, I thought this is my job because it combines my love for the US and my knowledge and experience within the ministry. So it, it seemed to be the perfect combination.
0: Sounds like it couldn't have been better if you designed it yourself.
1: I know, so here I am.
0: I must say you're the first person who I've actually met who wasn't uh, lived in Nebraska, I was going to say was from Nebraska, but you weren't there. I, I find that interesting. I, I know it's in the middle of the country. It's pretty flat. What, what surprised you about Nebraska?
1: Oh, well, Nebraska, it's, what I liked most about Nebraska was the open spaces. It's, it's very broad.
0: Flat, like the Netherlands? It's
1: flat, but it's also very dark, and the neighbors are far away, and you can see the stars at night, and it's, it's very quiet and open. Uh, but there's not very much to see for tourists. I think the biggest tourist attraction is Carhenge, which is like a replica of Stonehenge with cars.
0: Carhenge? Yes. I'll have to look that up. I'm not familiar <laughs> with it. <laughs> okay.
1: But uh, but it's close to South Dakota and uh, with R- Mount Rushmore and it's close to some of the other states, Wyoming.
0: Um, uh, must feel fortunate to have been there.
1: Yeah, it's great.
0: What's an average workday look like for you?
1: Well, uh, as you probably know, working at the embassy, there is no such thing as an (laughs) average workday. But what I do is always uh, uh, on topics of my ministry. So uh, the main focus of my ministry is climate adaptation and water, smart and green mobility, and circular economy. So I do events and projects and uh, meetings on all these topics. For example, uh, recently a colleague and I went to Austin for a Think Bike workshop, which is a workshop where you help the city to develop their cycling infrastructure. And this was actually the tenth year we've been working together with Austin, so it was also a bit of a celebration.
0: Now have you seen that it, it, it differ like the cycling infrastructure expand since you started? Oh
1: yes, it has massively expanded. Yes. It's it's really great to see. Yeah, a lot of change. Also, a lot more new buildings because okay. the city has grown so much. Okay. Yeah. But so it, they're
0: really taking to cycling. It yes. Like.
1: Yes. And I'm really interested to go back in 10 more years to see what has happened. But that's one of the topics. But um, I also organized an event this fall about uh, aviation, 30 Years of Open Skies, which is a collaboration between a Dutch uh, aviation company and an American aviation company. KLM and Northwest—they were the very first to have an Open Skies agreement in the world. So that's really what started commercial cooperation between aviation. So
0: did that make the aviation fly flying easier between countries? Yes,
1: a lot easier. Yes, because you can fly with, uh, like you know, with uh, United Airlines and what is it, British Airways? I think KLM and uh, Delta. They have a. Uh, they work together, and they make it easier to fly within Europe, but also to the United States. So they combine their. Uh, their so route.
0: flying between their two countries was a lot harder 40, 50 years ago than. Absolutely
1: today. yes, it's really expanded. And another example I would like to mention, but that doesn't happen every day, is the visit of our queen this September. I was also it, She
0: doesn't come over here every day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I think the last time she was here was in 2015.
0: It was, yes.
1: And uh, she was very e- they were very eager to come back, but unfortunately the king couldn't make it because he was ill. Uh, but um, I think they really enjoyed being here, and it really got a lot of attention from the government, but also from a lot of private companies who joined. So that was an, an amazing visit to be a part of.
0: A lot of work goes behind the scenes of those visits.
1: Absolutely, yes. It was also a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. But it's also uh, exciting because it does get a lot of attention. Yes. Well, you mentioned this already: the cycling. The Netherlands is is known far and wide as a cycling nation. In fact. I've heard there are more bikes in the Netherlands than there are people,
1: is that right? That is right. What's your secret? Ah, what is our secret? So how how
0: many bikes are there in the Netherlands? There
1: are 23 million bikes and there are 17 and a half million people. So every person has at least more than one bike. Uh, A bike (laughs) and and a third maybe? I (laughs) can't do that math that (laughs) quickly. Yeah, and the 23 million are out of one billion bicycles all around the world. So there's really a lot of bicycles in the Netherlands. Uh, What is our secret? Gee, that is a good question. Uh, I think it's important to know that it is not something we have always done. The uh, the Netherlands have worked very hard to become a cycling country.
0: It wasn't an accident. It It
1: was not an accident, no. We were also a very car-oriented country, like many other countries around. Like
0: here in the States.
1: Like here in in the States. And, um, yeah, I think the public uh, demanded uh, safer roads, less accidents, and uh, that has transformed the country into the cycling country it is today. But it's something we still work on every day. It, It doesn't come by itself
0: I I tell you I was surprised I I visited the Netherlands well shortly after I started working here back in 2012 and I was shocked at the number of of bicycles I saw there not only at the at the Hague uh, we were in the Hague so it must have been at the train station in the Hague yeah that the bike parking out there I think there were more bikes there than I've seen in any bike shop here in the US yes I couldn't believe it I don't even know how you could find your bike uh-huh.
1: well that is tricky sometimes <laughs> i can I, imagine i sometimes have a colored uh, a bag around my saddle to be able to find it in a large part like a bright pink or, yeah, or something like exactly, that exactly yeah
0: and, and even the bike paths uh they're 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 different i i remember stepping out of a cab uh when 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 we arrived and i was standing there just by the car in the middle of a path i thought it was a sidewalk and the, the driver was uh didn't notice me and then all of a sudden he didn't he ran over to me and, and, and got me out of the bike path and I'm like <laughs> what
1: yeah and he I, pulled you aside he
0: pulled me aside I, I guess I was standing in the middle of a I think it was red uh, of a bike path I mean it wasn't a busy time so there weren't other cyclists so I guess I was in danger of being hit by a cyclist or yeah. at least annoying the, the Dutch people for standing in their in their bike lane
1: well it's great that you've been able to see it because usually uh, it takes uh, a visit to be able to uh, yeah, to understand how much bicycles there actually are and if there are that many bicycles that you also need bicycle parking like you also noticed. I actually took a, a group of uh, American officials to the Netherlands uh, this summer uh, on a study tour on cycling or on urban mobility and they were also amazed by the number of bicycles, the number of bicycle parkings, the, the, the beautiful bike lanes. Uh, it's an integrated system, and it works very well.
0: You right. can tell them about it, but until you see it, you don't believe exactly,
1: it. Exactly, because you're not able to imagine that many bicycles and uh, the cars being. We even have uh, bicycle traffic jams in some cities because there are so many bicycles that it's become a problem, and we need to figure out how to get the traffic going again.
0: Wow. Well. I'm, I'm sure that that uh, you'll be able to. One one thing that I've seen, another big difference is, and I see this both here in the U.S. in my work here at the embassy. Whenever we talk about bikes or we have photos of bikes, it seems inevitably somebody asks, "Hey, where's the helmets?" Yeah. What's the difference? I mean, I, I don't see anybody in the Netherlands wearing helmets, and here in the states, they'd they'd look at you like you were crazy if you weren't wearing a bike uh, helm, a bicycle helmet. What's what's the difference?
1: Well, if I look at myself personally. I never wear a helmet in the Netherlands, and I do wear one here in the United States. And the difference is, uh, it's several things, it's the infrastructure, I think in the Netherlands the infrastructure is, at least it feels safer, there's more dedicated bike lanes, protected bike lanes where you're not afraid to be hit by something, so it feels safer.
0: So a car wouldn't be on that, it's separate from the lanes. Exactly,
1: it's not allowed for cars to be on there, it's only for bicycles. And, the, and also not for pedestrians, by the way. Yeah, well that's why I was standing, standing there, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was breaking the law, maybe and didn't even yeah, realize it. Just for
1: the bicycle. <laughs> and then uh, the bicycles themselves are different as well. They're more, you sit up straight, so you can see the road better and the people can see you better, or that's the way I feel, and Then would you be on a uh, mountain bike on, or on a race sort bike. Sort of hunched
0: over here in the States. Right, right? Yeah. exactly.
1: And the third thing I think that's also important is that almost everybody who drives a car in the Netherlands is also a cyclist. Everybody also owns a bike and they also cycle. So they're much more accustomed to the bicycles. They're much more used to looking uh, around their shoulder to see if there is a bicyclist. So here it sometimes feels like uh, the cars are not paying attention or they they don't expect you.
0: They don't expect you.
1: Yeah, and that is really different in the Netherlands. So I think it's very wise to wear a helmet here in the US. And I think anybody who feels more comfortable with a helmet could also wear one in the Netherlands, but most people don't because they feel safe.
0: Now, is there also, if there's an accident between a cyclist and the car, is the first thought, well, it's the driver's fault, or is there really a, or is it not as simple as as saying that?
1: No, yeah, there is a point there. The driver is always partly uh, responsible. Half of the uh, financial responsibility is always for the driver, no matter whether it's his fault or not. Is that right? Yes. So that makes him more careful, of course. Yeah.
0: If I had to name one other field the Dutch are known for, water management floats immediately to the top. The Dutch are well known for their expertise in protecting lives and livelihoods, and you don't keep this expertise to yourself. Can you name three projects in the U.S. that the Dutch are involved in or have been involved in?
1: Sure. Well, you are right. This is a a long-standing cooperation between the Netherlands and the U.S. on water management. Uh, in fact, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers and the Dutch Rijkswaterstaat, which is the executive branch of the Netherlands, they've been working together for a long time. And they have a formal memorandum of understanding, which was signed in 2004. So it really goes back a long time. But the first project we were really working together on must be uh, New Orleans in 2005.
0: After Katrina.
1: After Hurricane Katrina hit. Mm -hmm. And I think we've all seen the pictures. It was really devastating. And there were about 1800 casualties, which is uh, a remarkable resemblance to the Dutch big flood of 1953, which also had around 1800 casualties.
0: That was a big part for you all. That's where, if I'm not mistaken, that's where you all said, okay, we need to...
1: That's where it started for the Netherlands. And I think that is also what triggered the Netherlands when we saw this big disaster happening in New Orleans, we thought, maybe we can help. So the Netherlands was very quick to send disaster relief and military aid right after Katrina's landfall in 2005. And Dutch companies and government assisted in dewatering New Orleans. And after that, we had the vers- first version of what we call Dutch Dialogues.
0: Dutch, Yeah, Dutch Dialogues. Yeah.
1: Which is a, uh, a method or a workshop in which experts, both from the Netherlands and from the US, come together and they design solutions to prevent uh, future flooding. And this started in Louisiana and was also the start of the projects in Louisiana. But this uh, method has also been used in other states and in other cities. For example, a more recent example is in Charleston in South Carolina. Here we had Dutch dialogues in 2019. And we had four areas uh, where we did an analysis and uh, designs were made. And a more recent example is in New York, uh, where the big U is being designed. The big U. Big U, which is the entire lower Manhattan uh, U shape.
0: So like a big seawall that looks like a U from the... From the yeah, it's project. not all a seawall, it's okay. it's
1: it's different measures, but um, yeah, that is also part of a very large resilience project and that, of course, became um, um, important after Hurricane Sandy.
0: That was, was devastating so. for, for yes. Manhattan, yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh, this one has already started and there are some Dutch companies involved in that, Arcadis and One Architecture, and also American companies are involved.
0: So, so it's a real partnership between the two countries.
1: Exactly, right. so it's a very important topic to work together on.
0: Sounds like a good one. What will you need to accomplish before you consider your job done?
1: Well, I'm afraid I don't think my job will ever be done. Because the work keeps going and there's always going to be a need to work together between the Netherlands and the United States or I say need but I, I mean also an opportunity I think it will always be important for me personally I have another goal while I'm here I'm trying to visit as many states of the US as I can
0: uh, what's your where are you right now how many of you
1: see uh, we're around 35 I think
0: 35 <laughs> So okay. it'd be shorter for you to, to mention the states you haven't been. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Tomorrow. I
1: don't know. Ho- I know. Don't know more. by heart, But of course, we need to go to Hawaii and Alaska. Those are the hard ones. Planning a trip to Alaska maybe this summer, so that would be great. Uh, and there's also some in the middle of the U.S. that I haven't visited yet, like Oklahoma and Kentucky and and I, I really want to see them as well so that is my personal goal <laughs>
0: that's a good one it, it could be a goal for many Americans as well We're, I'm not uh, I think I could name been to maybe five states uh, yeah and, and most of them probably been around here in the mid-Atlantic
1: yeah well you have such a beautiful country it's really worthwhile to visit some of the other states as well
0: yeah I should maybe someday okay <laughs> I have one more question for you are you an avid cyclist?
1: Um. well I cycle, but I don't consider myself a cyclist. In the Netherlands, most people cycle, but more as a mode of transportation. It's not like a sports, but it's more of a way of getting somewhere.
0: Okay, and, and you mentioned the transition from the cars to the bicycle. Yeah. What, how did you choose the bicycle? Why, why not the unicycle? It seems like that could have been at least, you know, you could fit more unicycles on these paths. You may not have the, the bike traffic. Why, why, why not a unicycle?
1: Yeah, that is a good question. I don't know if that was seriously considered. No? <laughs> yeah. Probably takes more cycling lessons.
0: Probably. Probably. Is it harder than I guess to have training wheels on a on a unicycle than a bicycle? Maybe oh.
1: I've never tried a unicycle, so I don't really know.
0: Yeah, I me mean, neither. No, I, I think uh, I think I'll stick to the two uh, two cycles. Yeah. Although my my cycle is stuck in the in the basement with uh, three others, so we don't we don't bring it out much.
1: Oh, you have three though. That's very good.
0: The three or four. But I, admittedly, two of them were for my kids from younger, so they're probably too small for anybody to ride. But I'm sure all the tires are flat now, and and they're just kind of. Leaning up against the the wall there.
1: Yeah, it's interesting that in the U.S. many children cycle, but then when the people become older, they stop cycling, and I wonder why. Because it's such a nice way to, to, uh, trend, uh, uh, to move.
0: Yeah. The, the the one thing I I can think of is that yeah here it seems to be more recreation than than commuting, right. yeah, driving to work. I I couldn't imagine driving. To, our weather varies so much here in the D.C. area between humidity that you can practically slice with a knife to cold that is so bitter that you don't want to be outside more than five minutes and the commuting you like to have a routine and and that would break it up and certainly add to that the rain i, I can't imagine riding a bike in the rain uh, right. although i i saw that in the netherlands too. yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah.
1: well i i used to always cycle to work in the netherlands and um Every now and then, if it was really bad, like if it was raining when I left home, then I probably used the tram or another mode of transit. Uh, But if it wasn't raining when I left, I didn't mind so much because if you get home, you can change and also you wear a raincoat. Um, I actually find the weather here in DC very nice. Do you? Yes. uh, Only the two months in the summer are maybe a little bit too hot and too sticky. I agree with you there. But all the other months, I think you could easily cycle. Yeah.
0: We have had some mild winters recently. I, re- I, I remember a couple of winters, maybe more than a couple of, uh, many years ago, we had two blizzards back to back. Three yeah. feet of snow one day, three feet the next day. Schools were closed for like two weeks. It okay. was... Uh, well, that would not make it hard to say. That would make it really hard. And, of course, the, the, it was... The, sidewalks it took a month for them to clear i think yeah. up, up in my way so yeah that was that was really i tough. think but the
1: Netherlands also gives more priority to cleaning the cycle paths if it has snowed and it doesn't snow that much in the netherlands either yeah. i agree with you there but yeah, yeah. it's also a matter of maintenance and also of good clothing
0: good clothing i can't imagine cycling in a suit or a co- coat and tie i mean I, I, or, or even just a, sports a cycling a dress
1: with high a heels a dress. yeah that's, that's well the truth, in the netherlands she? yeah
0: yeah, I don't because know that
1: because you don't want to go change after you arrived at the office. So you just cycle and not as fast. You cycle slowly so you don't end up all sweaty, and uh, yeah, then you're all set to go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you need to come visit once more. Jeff. I do.
0: Maybe bring my bike or at least borrow somebody's when yeah. I'm over there. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you again, Lieske for joining us for this episode of Five Roshim. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Please tell us what you think in the comments below and be sure to click on the subscribe button and turn on notifications so you don't miss our next episode or the other videos we post on our YouTube channel. I'll be back behind the microphone next month with another member of the Dutch Diplomatic Network in the United States. Until then, you can keep up with our work on any of our social media channels Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Just search for NL in the USA and you can stay up to date on how the United States and the Netherlands have a partnership that works.